Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everyone on the East Coast, and good morning, everyone on the West Coast. I'm Patricia Raskin for Patricia Raskin Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. This is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and how to make your dreams come true. And we have a great guest today who's written a book with a very interesting title. My guest is Barbara Burke. And Barbara Burke is an internationally known consultant, speaker, and author specializing in the people side of customer service management. She's worked with many big companies. Her website is com, And her new book is called The Napkin, The Melon, and The Monkey, How to Be Happy and Successful by Simply Changing Your Mind. Welcome, Barbara. Well, Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Tell me about this title. I'm sure everybody asks you that. It's quite an unusual title, and I can't figure out what it means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a little intriguing, and I think I did that for a reason. Um, well, the book is really about a woman who is very much like the rest of us, just trying to figure out how to live a happier life and one that isn't quite so stressful. And um, Olivia, the main character, is a new service rep who loses her temper with customers, even though she's been trained not to, and the rest of the story is really about the advice that she is given by the wise woman, uh, Mm. Isabel, who's a Hispanic woman, and this lady, instead of giving Olivia, the main character, direct advice, what she does is she tells her a teaching story, a story that's been passed down through the generations. So napkin, melon, monkey are actually derived from the three teaching stories that the wise woman shares with the main character. And those are teaching stories that you made up in the parable? Um, Actually, truthfully, they are Buddhist teaching stories that I've repurposed. Mm -hmm. So in the story, the wise woman, Isabel, tells Olivia the way to handle an irate customer is to have a soda. What does that mean? Yeah, and it's, it doesn't mean go to, the, go to the soda machine and have a soda. It really means being able to stop and observe the situation for what it is. And this formula called soda, stop, observe the situation for what it is, i.e. being able to see it clearly, decide on the best course of action, and act with confidence, S-O-D-A, is something that I created as a way to help the service representatives that I worked with. I know that one of the worst things about being a service representative, and these are people who take incoming calls every day from maybe a 100 customers, never knowing if that customer is going to be courteous and friendly and cooperative or if they're going to be uh, angry and um, disrespectful. So the soda idea really came out of um, some coaching I did with service reps as they were trying to deal with irate customers. And so the story is really, that's the big idea in the story. And that's the formula that the wise woman suggests that Olivia learns. And really, it's more than anything, it's about being mindful. It's about 
stopping and observing a situation and not being judgmental, but really being in the moment and seeing what's going on and then deciding how to act. And then when you do act, you act with much more confidence. So Yeah, it's that stopping part, isn't it? <laughs> that's, you know, the that's, the, that's the hard part. The hard part is after we've done what we wish we hadn't, we go, oh, what just happened? That's that sort of compulsion or that knee-jerk reaction. You know, that is so true. And a lot of, for instance, if you're working with customer service or even if you're dealing with um, somebody who um, kind of pushes your buttons, what we tend to do is regress down back to that primal reaction of fight or flight. And that's left over from caveman days. While it worked really well for a caveman who's trying to escape a predator, uh, reacting emotionally like that or just automatically tends not to get us the results that we want. So what we want to be able to do is just be able to just, just stop for that millisecond. And as you said, you know, you walk away from a situation and go, well, yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> the good news is that when you know this soda formula, you can say, oh, okay, well, next time that happens, I'm going to try to implement this idea about being able to stop and observe things for what they are. Right. And that's, you know, that's really an important one. You know, another piece of advice that Isabel gives Olivia is to help her de-stress is something, I think about it a lot, it's unplugging your mind. And when I think of unplugging, I think of just doing something else like taking a walk or swimming or, you know, just doing something that's completely relaxing. Yep, that's exactly what the idea is. And in the story, you know, Olivia, the main character, uh, used a headset on the job. And so what she uh, was coached to do by her mentor was just unplug for a few minutes. And as you say, you can do it in a, in a lot of different ways. The idea is to be able to quiet your mind, disconnect from the craziness of the day and then be able to center and the advantage obviously is that you're able to come back to your tasks Mm. refreshed and focused. Mm. Well, and you also talk about part of that is being in the moment so that, you know, if you, let's say that you do just what you said and you get out or you walk around or you, you know, breathe the fresh air, but if you're still agitated and you're thinking about what happened, that's not as helpful. No, and that's that's a skill I think that we developed over uh, we develop over time as we develop this idea about being mindful because we realize that when we are judgmental um, that it tends to be really counterproductive and one of the things that the main character learns in the story and is truly one of the the biggest ahas that she has she actually has twenty two ahas in the story is that the nicer she is to herself the nicer she is to other people and that is also related to being able to withhold judgment. Uh, when we're not judgmental of ourselves, then we tend to be lots less judgmental of other people, which obviously improves all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. What prompted you to write this book? Well, you know, what I identified 24 years ago when I first started working with people who were Um, dealing with customers on the telephone was their number one problem was irate customers. And that was something that really struck me. And over the years, I was trying to figure out a way to help the service reps I worked with being able to separate themselves emotionally from 
the anger of the customer. And certainly, dealing with angry customers every day is part of the job. But what happens a lot of the time is that people personalize that. And one of the first ahas in the book is actually, you know, it's not about me. (laughs) Don't take it personally. The person is obviously angry, angry for a reason, and usually it's a pretty good reason. When you say that, I interviewed a guest yesterday on one of my other radio shows, and she was talking about the art of small conversation. And part of that is, you know, taking the risk of going up to somebody and talking. And she said, of course, what you risk is them rejecting you. And she was talking about how she, who wrote the book, someone came up and said, you know, I love your handbag. Or I lo-. And she said, I just didn't feel like talking. So I said, thank you. And she said, I didn't give them any more than that. I could have certainly led the conversation on. And what we said was that we, as the asker of that, you know, we as the initiator have to realize we may not get an answer. And so that it doesn't mean that we're being rejected. The other person may not feel like talking. The other person may be tired or has had a bad day. So it's about not taking responsibility for the other, not taking it personally if the other person doesn't react the way you'd like. And that's what you're talking about. That's exactly exactly what we're talking about, and you know, kind of the whole idea about taking personal responsibility for your behavior, but you certainly can't control the behavior of other people. One of the key ideas in the book, I think, and the theme that keeps coming out is the fact that, um, you know, we have no control over much of what happens to us in life, and we certainly have no control over the behavior of other people. Mm-hmm. But the one thing we do have control over is our reaction Absolutely. to people and events. And that is really where our power is. And when we, when we take things personally or are, are um, acting out in some emotional way that's probably not appropriate, uh, that's that's really not very skillful, and it tends to degrade the relationship, and it also makes everybody feel bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, again, that's a that's a big one for us. I mean, it's it's a big one not to take it personally. That's I think. And you know that really extends to this idea about being able to manage your emotions. I think I think many of us don't realize how important our ability to manage our emotions is in all areas of our life, and certainly professionally, if you're going to move up in an organization, you have to have the ability to be calm and collected during times of, of stressful interactions with other people or but Barbara, whatever. what do you do with all that? You know, what do you do with that stuff? So, you know, you act, you react in the appropriate manner, and then you come home and you're ready to explode. You know, what do you do with those, those emotions? How do you redirect them? I think it happens at the moment. I think it just happens as a matter of perspective. Stopping yourself just to see that, you know what, that that man is a very unhappy man and you know, it's not personal. He's just he's just that's just the way he is and I don't need to internalize that. I don't need him to push my buttons. But it really has to happen at the time, at the moment. And it takes a lot of skill and a lot of practice to be able to do that. And if you're taking it home at night, you're obviously in a lot of pain. And so you want to explore, well, what are the solutions to that? Uh, I do have a choice in how I react. And that's what I think is really the, the main idea behind the book is it's a real simple read. It's very easy to understand. And it has basically that message that, uh, we have a lot more more power over our life and the outcomes than perhaps we think we do. Mm. And that's if we take responsibility. Yep. 
That's it, exactly. Responsibility. Okay, we're going to take a break, so tell us how people can find out about your work and about your book. They can go to my website. It's www.barbaraburke.com. And what I do is I work with organizations on using the book to improve employee engagement, to create a meaningful dialogue about work and life issues. And I also do lots of keynotes and speaking to groups. And, um, yeah, so just check out my website, and you'll find all kinds of good information there. Okay. My guest is Barbara Burke, and her book is The Napkin, The Melon, and The Monkey, How to Be Happy and Successful by Simply Changing Your Mind. Barbara Burke is an internationally known consultant, speaker, and author, specializing in the people side of customer service management. At the core of her philosophy is the belief that exceptional customer service is the only possible way when employees provide the service that they feel engaged and valued. So exceptional customer service is really the key. She's been doing this work for 25 years and has worked with major corporations. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Barbara about, you know, what are some things, what are some situations that people may face in the workplace, in their professional lives, and sometimes in their personal lives that are uncomfortable, and how might they answer those? So remember, you're listening to Positive Living, and you can write to me, Patricia, at PatriciaRaskin.com, and I can certainly put you on my mailing list. This program, Patricia Raskin Positive Living, is on Voice America every, two, every Monday between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and between 11 and noon a.m. Pacific. So, folks, um, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america hey dad what i can't get the ketchup bottle open Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. 
If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And my guest today is Barbara Burke, and her book is The Napkin, the Melon, and the Monkey, How to Be Happy and Successful by Simply Changing Your Mind. She is an internationally known consultant, speaker, and author who specializes in the people side of customer service management. Welcome back, Barbara. Thank you. Great to be back. This is a a fun book because it's a parable. It's like a little story. Reminds me of um, Richard Bach's Jonathan Livingston Seagulls. Remember Illusions? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and I love that. And so... What you have is you have different ahas, and so I'm going to read some of them and have you explain them. Okay, great. One aha is I will always have problems. So what you're saying here is just to face, it's not going to be perfect, there's always going to be something you're dealing with. Yeah, and that was actually one of the first, um, it was the first aha that she had, and it was... um, it was as a result of a story that Isabel uh, told her, which was about her being very stressed out at one time, very much like Olivia's situation, and she went to her mom to find out, well, what she could do, and her mother listened to her tale of woe, and mom came back and said, you know, for the ten problems of life, having money worries, career problems, relationship problems, I don't have a solution for you, but what I do have a solution for is your eleventh problem, and so what's the 11th problem? The 11th problem is you thinking that you shouldn't have the 10 problems of life. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, Which another thing that so you perfect. talk about in your book is that when you have a problem, that they can be gifts in disguise. They really can, and they're really, they're really uh, learning opportunities. Because, you know, I think we end up in some, some patterns that aren't particularly um, good for us. And after a while, we realized, kind of like a Dr. Phil would say, well, how's that working for you? <laughs> Not so well. So if we could learn I from that. I relate to that very well. Every, yeah. I'm, but I don't want to be in pain anymore. Is, and that's, that's where the aha comes. That's when you say, I keep doing that over and over and over, and I keep feeling the same way I did the last ten times. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's maybe. going on here? <laughs> Why do I keep doing that? All right. And it's right. usually a deeper reason. There is, there is. Or it's just a pattern that you've been so used to that you don't even think about it. And it's changing those behaviors, those patterns, that's really the challenge. But once you address them, it's just so liberating. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Well, another thing you talk about in the book is, it's one of your other ones, is about being nice to yourself. The nicer you are to yourself, the nicer that you are to others. Yeah, that was one of the big lessons that the main character learned. And quite frankly, much of Olivia's experiences are drawn from my own. And um, one of the things that I have been very guilty of is being kind of a controller. 
And in the story, that was exactly Olivia's problem. She tended to want to control the outcomes of things, and obviously that was a futile enterprise. And she was so judgmental about other people, and certainly of herself, that she found that when she let go of trying to control things, i.e., um, not being nice to herself and not being nice to other people, she tended to um, really create issues. So once she figured out, you know what, i got to let go of this judgmental thing that I do, this control thing that I do. I've really got to let go of that. And she discovered that when she was nicer to herself, she just naturally was more generous and compassionate and, um, and uh, nice to other people. So that was a big aha for her. Hmm. Do you think that people aren't as nice to themselves because they feel like they're self-indulging? I imagine that there's a lot of reasons to do it. In my situation, I'm I'm just a perfectionist. So when I don't do things according to my impossibly high standards, I tend to be very judgmental and get down on myself, which really is is a is a complete waste of time <laughs> and energy. Is to second guess yourself. Uh, the trick is to is to catch yourself, like we talked about before, and try to change that behavior so that you have more of a of a sense of loving yourself. Because once that happens, boy, everything opens up and changes. Having an open heart. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very true. Another thing you write about is how a simple apology does wonders. Boy. That is so true, and in customer service, that's particularly true. Um, really what someone wants when they call a service center and talking to a rep is for somebody to take responsibility for the problem. And one of the ways to diffuse an angry, irate customer who's uh, feeling that they've been um, given the short shrift is to, is to apologize and say, you know, I'm really sorry that you're having this problem. Let's figure out what to do. And Olivia not only found that that works really well in service, but also in, with her family and in all areas of her life. Just, just admitting that you were wrong uh, changes the dynamic of the relationship. Absolutely. And that's really important. And, um, and also, too, as you said, it diffuses the anger. Right. The diffusing the anger is really necessary in order to really work on the problem. If you can let that customer or whoever it is that you're dealing with, let them know you're on their side, that is the way to really solve the problem. But if you're in that sort of adversarial uh, situation, then it's pretty hard to come to a conclusion that's beneficial for both of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, here's another one. Success comes from bringing out the best in others. Yep, that's uh, that's really important in terms of uh, certainly a leadership situation. Um, you know, you don't have to be an authoritarian. You don't have to tell everyone what they should do. And uh, what you want to be able to do is to develop folks. And in fact, I was just writing an article about that, about the fact that the new a new kind of leader, a new breed of leader, is more of a talent manager. And the trick to getting people involved in their work and and being committed to doing the best job they can is to really honor them as a person. And the way that we do that is we interact with them differently as a real person instead of as some uh, somebody who's going to produce a certain amount of of um, of uh, performance. 
I think that's really crucially important is focusing on the person. If you do that, then the performance follows. Yeah. All right. Um, you know, we were talking about problems before. And when we were talking about problems before, we were talking about how we all have them. But there's another point that you make, and that is that winners don't just point out problems. They fix them. So they come up with solutions. You know, that was something that I learned when I was a a manager and a supervisor, and that was that people would come to my office with their monkeys. (laughs) And they would unload their monkeys, i.e. their problems, and they'd leave them with me. And instead of taking responsibility for them. So I had a rule that I had, which was, okay, if you've got a problem or you, you think something needs to change, you need to come in with one or two suggestions on how to fix it. Don't just leave me your monkey. Because a lot of, a lot of managers and supervisors end up with a whole room full of monkeys, i.e. other people's problems. So uh, you want people to take responsibility for outcomes. So if you've got a problem, come in with a couple of ideas on how to fix it, and we'll go from there. Yeah. And because if they complain and if they are naysayers and if they say it can't be done, then you're just stuck again in the same, the same thing you had before. Right. And it's not just my problem. It's everybody's problem. So let's figure out a solution. And I think that also accesses people's creativity and gets them involved in the solution. And my experience is the more people get involved in the solution, the better the, the, better the outcome. True. You know, one of my favorite ahas that I really love, actually there's two of them. Mm-hmm. One is there's no such thing as a difficult situation. And I know that's... Mm, kind of- I don't know. That's a hard one. <laughs> I know. That's a hard one. But that's what I talk about with groups is the fact that, you know, we have no control over much of what happens to us. You know, people are going to die. People are going to get divorced. Stuff's going to happen that's not, that we're not going to like and certainly the behavior of other people, but we do have control over our reactions. So when you're looking at a situation, a situation in and of itself is not the problem. I have, I have an example of, of driving. So, for example, I, I was dating a guy who had the habit of getting very angry on the freeway when someone would pull in front of him, and he would be fuming, and we'd be on our way to dinner, and he would still be fuming. And so what I tried to help him understand, and I made him laugh, I said, you know, you know, that guy did not pick you out of the thousands of people on the freeway to cut in front of. <laughs> Just think about that. You know, he doesn't even know you, so don't take it personally. And you're the one that made this such a difficult situation, honey. You know, just just realize that that guy's probably going to the hospital or he's having a bad day or, you know, maybe he's crazy, whatever. You know, it's not something that, that you need to turn into a huge issue, something that's going to ruin your day. So that situation in and of itself is is a standalone issue. It's not something that you need to internalize. And that's something that I think really helps me in dealing with life situations is that, you know what, I'm the one making that difficult. Yeah. I cannot do that. (laughs) It's how you see it, though. I mean, somebody else that you're with might, might not see it the way he saw it. So, again, it's, it's very, it's different perceptions. Absolutely. Perception becomes reality. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. 
so right. it's so well, interesting how we how we make ourselves crazy. There's multiple ways to do that. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then we're going to take a break because when we come back, uh, there's on our last segment today. I want to talk with you, Barb, about one of them that you have that I think is hard. It's a difficult one to grasp. So the sneak preview of it, which we won't discuss now, is this. You say real freedom comes from letting go of the outcome, and that is a very difficult thing to do. I'm, I'm learning that, but it's still very difficult because when we try something and we want something and we put our all into it, we want it to work out. So it's a hard one. So let's talk about that after the break. My guest is Barbara Burke. Her book is The Napkin, The Monkey, the, excuse me, The Napkin, The Melon, and The Monkey, How to Be Happy and Successful by Simply Changing Your Mind. Barbara Burke is an internationally known consultant, speaker, and author specializing in the people side of customer service management. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned, folks. There's plenty more. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on voiceamerica.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Well, hello, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. 
My guest is Barbara Burke, and her book is The Napkin, the Melon, and the Monkey, How to Be Happy and Successful by Simply Changing Your Mind. Barbara Burke is an internationally known consultant, speaker, and author specializing in the people side of customer service management, and she has worked with many big companies, including Honeywell, Progress Energy, Alltel, Microsoft, Estee Lauder, and the list goes on and on. Welcome back, Barbara. Thanks. Okay, here is my question that I said I would ask you before the break because I think it's the one of the most challenging to really work with, and it's real freedom comes from just letting go of the outcome, and that's a hard one. You know, that really is. And when I first heard this story as I was studying um, Buddhism and Eastern religions, this was told to me, and it really resonated with me. Um, and it's derived from... Um, it's an ancient story. I don't know if it's Buddhist or what the actual ancient um, um, roots are. But in the story, it became a pivotal point for the, the main character. And here's what happened. She worked as a service representative, got a grip, learned how to unplug, and really changed her perspective and had the opportunity to um, be a team leader. Uh, for a temporary amount of time, and then got invited to apply to be a supervisor. And she was doing pretty well, but she was becoming very stressed because of the outcome. She wanted the outcome, of course, to be in her favor, and there was a lot of people applying for the same job. So so uh, Isabel, the wise woman, delivered yet another gem of a story, and this is the story that I heard from uh, in my in my Eastern uh religion uh, class, and it just struck me as so darn true. And here's the story. Mm-hmm. This is what, the, um, what the, uh, the woman said to Olivia, the main character, when she was so stressed and so attached to the outcome of trying to get that job. She said, trapping and selling wild monkeys was a lucrative business in Mexico at one time. Poachers would capture them by placing containers in the forest with a piece of sweet coconut meat. The container had a hole barely large enough for the monkey to put its hand in and grip the coconut. But if the monkey tried to withdraw its hand, it found that as long as it kept a grip on the food, it was trapped. Mm -hmm. If it let go of what it wanted, it was free. Mm -hmm. And that that's been my mantra for a very long time. I had someone tell me that story as recently as last week. Really? Yeah, very really? interesting because I was holding on to something emotionally and it was the exact same thing. You know, you just have to let go. And um, do you think people are afraid to let go, Barbara, because A, they don't want to be disappointed or B, they're afraid of change? You know, they're or both. Prob- probably both of those or they tend to tend to want to um, see if, if there's something that they can do to control the outcome. You know, I'm independently employed, and a lot of times I'll be talking to a potential, potential client, and we will go down the path, and they're very excited about working with me, but, they t- but they're not making a decision. And then when the day comes, I, f- I try to release from the outcome and just be cool with whatever happens will happen. And that's a very difficult thing to do when you want something. And I think that happens in all of our lives. You know, we, we are attached to the outcome, but, boy, it's so liberating. And your energy changes, too, I think, when you're relaxed about what the outcome's going to be and you say, you know, I've done everything I can do. The rest is out of my hands. It's huge. I absolutely agree. It's mine and it's probably yours, too. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things I've learned, and I am also, also work independently, is 
you know, when you have someone that you that you may have a sale or a deal or you may have a contract and it really looks good, but you don't have it yet until you have it. And I used to get so excited about people who would say, oh, I love this idea, let's do it. But then maybe two weeks later after they thought it over, they don't want to do it. And I'm learning now to just say, okay, well, there's interest and that's really good. And just ride with it to see what happens. And boy, what a liberating uh, feeling that is! You know, you're not. Well, it's easier. Out. It's easier. It, it doesn't mean you know. It, it's yeah. It's easier because you don't get as disappointed. Yep, yep. You know, you want it. You want it to happen, but you also realize that you have no control over the outcome. You've done absolutely everything you can do, and that's really what happened in the book. You know, she finally realized that she's been through the application process. She's done everything she can do to apply to be the supervisor, and the rest was out of her hands. But, boy, once she figured that out and heard this story, it really changed everything, and I think that's a good reminder for all of us as we're, you know, trying to control the uncontrollable. Absolutely. What's your favorite story in the book? Well, my favorite story is the fighting melons. And the fighting melons is a story that uh, Olivia learned from her mentor at a time when she was um, um, dealing with a group of people on her team that were just totally dysfunctional. They were yelling and screaming at each other all the time. And so she told, she was told this story, and do we have time? I'll just read it real quickly. Sure. Um, and the story went like this. Once upon a time, there was a farmer who was known for miles around for raising the largest and sweetest watermelons. One year, his garden was blessed with abundant rainfall and plenty of sunshine. As his melons grew larger and larger, the biggest ever, he heard disturbing noises coming from his melon patch. The melons were fighting. The farmer dropped his hoe and hurried to the patch. What's the trouble, he exclaimed. A riot ensued. All the watermelons were yelling and screaming and blaming each other. The noise was deafening. He looked over his melon patch with new eyes. He could see the problem. Ideal growing conditions had produced melons of unusually large size. The result, the melons were so huge they were bumping up against each other. The farmer wondered what he could do. And he finally came upon a solution. And after several attempts to quiet the melons so he could speak, they stopped screaming. And here's what he said. Oh, my beautiful melons, I'm so sorry for your troubles, but I'm afraid I'm not the one to settle your arguments. This time the outcry was even louder. But I know of something you can do to end your conflict. I guarantee that if you follow my directions, you will have harmony forever. And here's what he said. He said, he said I'd like you to feel what's on top of your head, on top of your body. The melons did as the farmer asked and looked at him, expecting something more than the obvious. Of course, there was a vine sticking out of the top. Now, my dear melons, I'd like you to follow the vine to its end. Keep going until you find the end. All of a sudden, there was dead silence. A soft, collective sigh rose from the patch. The melons had discovered that they were all one plant. Mm-hmm. And that that's a great story. for. So the for moral of the story is? The moral of the story is that we're all connected together, that we're all dependent on each other. And so why, why are we fighting with each other? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So mm. I, I think the more we, how, more we realize how similar we really are, that we all have the same desires and fears and are dealing with many of the same issues, 
that it really it is so helpful because you aren't separated from that person. And in the story also, they used a lot of stories, and not just these stories, but a story circle where people shared um, their own story. And it really made a huge difference in how they all got along. The story is really the most ancient way of transmitting wisdom. Mm-hmm. So these teaching stories are very, very powerful. And, you know, they've been around for 2,500 years, so you've got to think that they, Absolutely. they some application. Absolutely. And your book is The Napkin, The Melon, and The Monkey, How to Be Happy and Successful by Simply Changing Your Mind. For those people who just came in and tuned in, um, explain again to us, Barbara, as you did at the beginning of the show, what is the meaning of the napkin, the melon, and the monkey? Well, the napkin, the melon, and the monkey is uh, it relates to three of the stories that are told by the by the wise woman to the young woman in this story, who's the main character, who's having some real difficulty dealing with angry customers. She's a service representative. So, the napkin, the melon, and the monkey are three of the stories that are told to the young woman, and they really change everything. And the story is really a bunch of stories within a story, talking about stories. But most of it, Patricia, is really ancient wisdom. And as much as I'd like to take credit for for the book being popular, it's really repackaged ancient wisdom, wisdom that's been around for a very long time. What kind of responses are you getting from people? Oh, it's been astonishing. You know, I actually self-published the book because nobody would publish it, and that was back in 2006. And I just recognized that there was something that really resonated with people. And I think the audience for the book is anybody who is interested in, in having a happier life, realizing that much of their misery or anxiety is self-created and that if they can change their perspective, they can have a lot more power over the outcome. But then also for organizations. So organizations buy the book uh, to help with team building, um, I, I do a lot of training internally to help people use the book, kind of like, you know, in the same way that you'd use fish, the fish book, or Who Moved My Cheese? Because what we find is if you introduce a fable book, something very easy for people to read and to access, they have a shared experience. Then you're able to reference that experience, and it makes it easier to have dialogue and conversations about what matters. And it really breaks people's hearts open, and they become much more receptive to each other. It's really kind of a magical thing, these parables or fable books. Yes, and in a gentle and loving way, too. Yes. All right, Barbara, we've come to the close of the interview. We have about two minutes left, so tell people how they can find you, your website, anything else you'd like them to know about your work. Sure. The website is www.barbaraburke.com, and Burke is B-U-R-K-E. You can find some information about uh, what I do in terms of speaking. I do speaking at conferences. I love to do half-day workshops using the book and training leaders and supervisors to use the ideas in the book to make a difference in their organizations. I also have a Monday AHA that I write. You know, there's 22 AHAs, so I'm able to write a Monday AHA that you can subscribe to. In fact, I'm, I'm finishing up today's installment right now. And I also am giving away a free module. Uh, so if you're in an organization, you want to introduce the book, all you have to do is buy a book and then go on my website and register to receive. It's a free download. has a PowerPoint and all the instructions you need to start the conversation about using these ahas to improve your work environment. 
Mm, wonderful. Okay, and again, your website, one more time. is www.barbaraburke.com, B-A-R-B-A-R-A-B-U-R-K-E.com. Wonderful. Okay. Barbara, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks very much. It was my pleasure as well. Take care. Yeah. All right, stay on the line. Okay. All right, folks, um, just want to let you know that our show is on. Uh, Positive Li- Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, is on every Monday between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon a.m. Pacific. And as I always say at the end of each show, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. So until next time, for Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, have a great Monday and a great week. Bye for now. Thank you.